going into week three of a, of a series we've called The Ghost, uh, teaching about the Holy Ghost. I think uh, it's the Holy Spirit, I think, is the, is the better, uh, is the, is the better uh, uh, translation of that word, because when we talk about a ghost, there's a place in Scripture that actually talks about a ghost, where they thought that, uh, they thought when, when Jesus was walking across the water, uh, on, on, and they, they saw him from afar off, and they thought they'd seen a ghost. That's the spooky, kooky ghost, okay? That's not the Holy Ghost. They didn't think they saw the Holy Ghost because they got scared. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost was never designed to scare you. So week one, we talked about Papa Cletus, you know, how, how he's just like a, he's the parent spirit. How if, if anything done in the name of the spirit freaks you out, it's not spirit. It's more than likely emotion. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to ruffle some feathers this morning with a lot of things I say. But I think it's, I, I don't like teaching, teaching series. I would rather preach. But God has, God has really made me teach this because it's, it's very misinterpreted. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the greatest tool we have as Christians. And what the devil has done is he has made us so scared of it and the fact that we don't understand it, that, that we don't embrace what he can do in our lives. Okay, so we have to break this thing down. We have to teach it because I believe, as Pastor Sam prophesied this morning, that we are coming into a season of demonstration. But we have to lay the foundation of who the Holy Spirit is because the, because the Holy Spirit is the one that, that demonstrates. He's the, he's the government of the, he's the power of God. And so we're going to get it, we're going to go into today uh, because, because the, Holy, the Holy Spirit is the most misinterpreted part of the Trinity. Uh, he's not a kooky ghost. By saying Holy Ghost, when we're, when we're dealing with the world, with the, the church understands what we mean when we say Holy Ghost. But we're dealing with people that are young in Christ. Look around, we're young. We, we, haven't, we haven't been in church for 40 years. We don't understand what we're talking about when we talk about the Holy Ghost. We have a lot of uh, new believers that God has brought to this ministry. And so we've got to set the foundation uh, and to, to lay on so that, so that the Spirit of God can work. Amen? And so... Um, so we talked in week one about how he's our Papa Cletus, the Paracletos, the advocate, the teacher, the comforter, the parent spirit. We actually, we actually decided he was the grandparent spirit, right? Because the parent spirit is always bringing correction, but the grandparent spirit just, just uh, is, is always advocating for us. Please don't whoop that baby. It's okay, right? So, so I deemed it the grandparent spirit because all you grandparents just let a, just, just, just let, you're always telling the parents, you beat us. Let's just let's just talk about this for a minute. You beat us, but we're not we're not allowed to even ground our children, right? And so, uh, so the Paracletos, the, and we kind of made a funny a funny out of it, Papa Cletus, because it's just it's just easy to relate to. I always want to teach in such a way that it sticks, and and so I use humor in that way. Some people think I'm making fun of the scriptures. I'm not making fun of the scriptures, but if you can make it lighthearted and make it make an analogy where people will understand, they'll, you will never forget Papa Cletus. You know what I mean? And so uh, so that was the heart behind that. Uh, and then w week two, we talked about what he does. Uh, you know, we have made the Holy Spirit about the gifts of the Spirit. And we say, that's what he does. Because why? Because we're occupation-driven. We're performance-driven in this world. And so the first thing you do, you do when you meet somebody, what do you say? What do you do for a living? 
That's the first thing you ask them, what do you do? And so then we're talking about how do you perform to make money? We've, we've applied that same thing to the spiritual realm. And we go, okay, you're Papacletus, what do you do? And we've made the gifts of the Spirit what he does when really that's, that's the tools he uses, but what he does is he establishes the kingdom of God. So we, we, we talked about how in Genesis 1, and I'm just reviewing so we can bring everybody up to speed, because when you're talking about foundation, we have to build it slow. Can I tell you, the, 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 when you're building a house, the foundation comes slow, and then when they start framing that thing, everything's just rolling, and all of a sudden you've got rooms and houses and, and all this, and the, and the whole house is built, but we cannot build the house, and we cannot move forward and build the kingdom of God until we first dig the footings. We first lay the, lay the foundation of what we're doing here. So I'm reviewing this morning. Um, and so we talked about how the, on, in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was here from the beginning of time. And he was brooding over, just waiting to be activated, right? And as soon as God spoke, he created the kingdom of God on earth. That was what, that was what happened in creation. He created the kingdom. His assignment has not changed. He is still establishing the kingdom of God on earth once again. That is the, that's, so, so gifts is not what he does, that's the tools he uses. We're going to get into the gifts today. Uh, so we're going to talk about, um, we're going to take some time and, and talk about how he does what he does, what the tools he uses, okay? Because there's a lot of misinterpretation of, of gifts of the Spirit. And so we've got to take some time and we've got to break that down. And, and, and we've got to just, and I tell you, there's going to be some things uh, if, you ha if you're not teachable this morning, that are going to ruffle your feathers. And so let's just pray this morning uh, in, a, in agreement that we're teachable, that we're not, I'm not giving opinion of Scripture. We're, we're breaking this down. We're not, we're, because I think, I, I don't like to teach uh, because I don't feel like I'm that good at it because I like to really get excited and be funny and really uh, minister. And so, but what, what God has done is he's really challenged my belief system. He's made me slow down and relearn some things. I, I thought this week was going to be easy sermon writing. You can ask my wife. I was going, oh, my God, this is challenging things that I believe. I thought I could just write in a sermon the things I believe, but it challenges me. That's probably why I don't like it. Nobody likes to be challenged, right? And so, uh, so, I, I, so I've, I, I did stick with funny sermon titles. It's just who I am. Uh, and so today we're going to talk about what he does uh, let me pray before I give you the sermon title. That way you'll receive the sermon title because it's kind of silly. Uh, Father, I just pray that our hearts are teachable. I pray that, that, we, that we put out of our minds the things that we believe that we don't really even know why we believe them. It's just how it was taught or how it was, how it was portrayed in the, in the past, God. We just want to dive into your scripture and just read it for what it is, God. Not for my opinion. God, I just pray that you, uh, that you just move on the hearts of people that we can just receive your word today. Use my voice, God, to teach uh, not my opinion, but your, your, uh, your, your scripture, your holy scripture, God, with power and passion. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a title. As, I get, as I'm all spiritual about receiving this morning, I then go right back to silly and say, I have a message today titled, Work It, Boo. <laughs> Work It. Talking about how the, how the spirit of God works in us. 
I can teach you about the Holy Spirit. I can teach you who he is. I can teach you about what he does. But it, it, until I understand how he works in me, it's all irrelevant. So I need you to know as we're teaching how the gifts operate, you need to be receiving this in such a way as how the, the, this is applying to me. This is how I can operate in the gifts. Okay, we'll get into, we'll get into some stuff more, de- uh, more in detail um, but, but we talked last week about how the Holy Spirit is not, uh, the gifts are not what he does, but rather the tools he uses. So we're going to dig into the toolbox, talk about some of that today. Um, the tools he uses to establish the kingdom. So mu- first we must establish what the gifts for the Spirit are and who they're given to. Um, I'm going to read this in the message translation. I just liked the way, I, 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 there's a lot of times I don't like the message translation because it gets a little bit... Um, it gets a little bit off in their paraphrasing, and I don't, I don't think they really do a good job of sharing the heart sometimes, but this time I really liked it, and so I'm going to go with message translation this morning. 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And it says, what I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. That's where I got my sermon title, Work It. Come on, some of y'all went to some worldly versions of work it, but uh, we're not going to get into that today. This Papa Cletus will clear his voice and uh, he, will, he will get you reined back in. Uh, this is complex and often misunderstood. Somebody say amen. The gifts of the Spirit is very complex and often misunderstood. We're going to try to present it in a way that is very understandable this morning. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. King James says, I don't want you to be dumb. He actually says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant of how God works in our lives. This one was a little nicer. It says, I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember, remember how you were when you didn't know God, led by, from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing? Come on, we're, we're led by money. We're led by career. We're led, and those are all gods. Anything that is, that is more important in your life than your walk with God is a God in your life. And so we go from God to God, we go from career to career, from goal to goal, and a goal becomes our God. And so you remember how you were when you were going from this to that? I can tell you in my life, I remember, I remember going from, oh, if I can just get a new vehicle, I'll feel like I've accomplished something. If I can just get a house, if I can just get my boo, come on, if I can just get a, a, a beautiful female to love me. That's my goal, and that goal becomes my God. If I can just have children, then if I can just raise those children to be good people, the the children become our gods too. Come on, if if they're taking more precedence than your relationship with God in your life, they're your God. You say, you remember a time where where you're led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it? Come on, some of our, some of us, some of us are, have been not taught revelation of scripture, but rather we, we've been taught uh, mannerisms of church. We've been taught, well, I raise my hands and jump because they do it. Not because I'm excited to worship God. I come down front because that's how we do it at this church. Not because I want to get closer and worship God. So, we, so if we're not careful, if we, do, if we don't set and teach 
the, the basis upon, the, uh, upon which the, the we have to build our walk with God, the basis upon the gifts of the Spirit, we're just operating in the Spirit, and we're just preaching what somebody else preached. And it's just observation. It's not revelation. And so we, so we, have, to, we have to break that down. Uh, we're just doing it because everyone else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek understanding as well as we can. Somebody repeat after me and say, as well as we can. I'm preaching to you today as well as I can. I'm not going to tell you I have it all figured out. That does also not give you uh, an invitation to come up to me after service and tell me what you know. I'll smile when I say that. If God needs to reveal something to me, let him do it. Amen? I don't need your opinion any, any more than, than you need mine. I'm trying to preach the scripture to you this morning. God wants us to use our, uh, our, our, our intelligence to seek and understand as well as we can. For instance, by using our heads, you perfectly know that the spirit of God would, not, would never prompt us to, be, to say, Jesus, be damned, right? He would, never say, he would never say, Jesus, be damned to hell, right? I'm not, that's not a cuss word. That's, saying, that's talking about a, a, you know, sending somebody somewhere. So we know that, that the Spirit of God would never lead, lead us to say that about Jesus, right? Common sense. Nor would anyone be in, inclined to say Jesus is master without the inside of the Holy Spirit. So without, without, no, without, without the Spirit of God working our lives, we'll never be revealed to say Jesus is our master. That's what it's saying. It's saying just as much as, as it should be elementary that we know that we shouldn't curse at Jesus, we should also, we should also, it should also be element, it's, it's, but it's only done by the Spirit. So we're going to get into discerning of spirits later. So if you're, if you're cursing God, you're probably not operating in the Holy Spirit, right? Because if you're operating in the Holy Spirit, you know the power of your words, not that you're powerful enough to curse God, but you know what I'm saying, Verse 4, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. I told you, we're going slow today. Everywhere. Not just at the Pentecostal church. Not just inside the church. Everywhere. Lost my place. Hold on just a second. But God himself is behind it all. I like in one, in one part of the scripture, there's some guys operating. There's, there's some guys casting out demons in Jesus' name, and the disciples go, they're not of us. You want me to call down thunder? You want me to stop them from doing it? He said, no, 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 no. If they're not against me, they're for me. Just because they don't go to your church does not mean God is not using them. Just because the name on the church does not say Pentecostal does not mean the Holy Spirit is not working in people. We've got to get off of that. Uh, the power of God is in, in, in action everywhere. But God himself is behind it all. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. I love that. Everyone. Not the person that you deem is good enough to be used of God. Everyone gets in on this. Why? Because God ain't got time to pick and choose who can, who can be used. This is not a qualification process. If you could qualify for it, then why did Jesus have to die for it? Everyone gets in on it, and everyone benefits. Come on, this is not for my benefit. 
I don't, get, I don't operate in the spirit of God so people will know who Rocky Osbricks is. I'm not operating in the gifts of God so I can build a church and people will know who I am. It's like, no, 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 it benefits all of us. That's a byproduct of it. Come on. It's not pride. It's a, it's a byproduct of it. People will, I had somebody call me, call me night before last, middle of the night, text me and said, hey, my son is, is in the hospital and needs prayer. Bad. They're, they're on vacation. He's, he's in the hospital on vacation. And, and God started speaking to me. He said, why did he call you? I don't know. I said, because, and he took me back to a time five years ago when I prayed for the dad's back and God healed him at the, at the tractor store. So when you begin to operate in the spirit, everyone benefits. Everyone benefits. It, benef- it, it benefits me because guess what? I get to be used of God. That's amazing. That's the benefit. Not that people know who I am. The benefit is I get the honor. I get the honor to be used of God. Their benefit is they get the power of God. Come on. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. He's kind of being like repetitive here, right? All kinds of people get to do this. These gifts are not just for white people and black people or they're not just for Indian people or they're not just for Pentecostal people. These are for all kinds of people. Amen? All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. So I I put the uh, King James versions out beside these in my notes. It says, uh, here's, here's the list of the gifts. Wise counsel, which we would call words of wisdom. Clear understanding, which we would call words of knowledge. They put this simple trust, which, we, which in, our church, in the church realm we call the gift of supernatural faith. Healing the sick, that one's pretty given. Miraculous acts, which is miracles. Proclamation, which is the gift of prophecy. Uh, distinguishing between spirits, which I think is a better translation because we say discerning this, the, the gift of discernment. It's not the gift of discernment. You, you can discern what spirit people are of. We're going to get into that. Dis, distinguishing between gifts, discerning of spirits. Tongues. Speaking in tongues, that one's pretty uh, well known in our culture. Interpretation of tongues. We'll get into that. And it says, it ends the verse here. It says, all these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out by the, by the one spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when? So I need to stop and say something here because I think it's been taught wrong for years and years and years, not necessarily saying in this church or not attacking any way it's been preached by anybody. But we have to understand these are gifts. These are tools of the spirit. These are not gifts and tools of man. Because too long has it been, has it been uh, and we'll get, we'll get into this here in a minute, but too long has it been preached that, okay, you get one gift, you get one gift, you get one gift. Well, what happens when I need healing for my child and she's not around? We're, we're, I'll explain. Be teachable. Be teachable. Don't cross your arms yet. They're gifts of the Spirit, not gifts of man. If you've been baptized in the Spirit, we'll talk about that 
next week, then you have access to all spiritual gifts. You have access to all spiritual gifts because it's the Spirit of God working through you. It is not you working. You did not heal anybody. You did not possess the power to heal anybody. God, thought, God, God generously allowed you to be a part of him healing somebody. You did not heal anybody. You did not prophesy to anybody. Yes, he used your tongue, but this is not you. This is not, we, got, we have to make sure that we get this part right because then what we do is we allow people to exalt us as prophet. We allow people to exalt us as a healer. We have to, and when, when, or in reality, they need to be exalting the God that works in me because which brings more glory? The fact that I, you, I got healed? No, that, that, or the, the fact that, that I healed somebody, quote, unquote, or the fact that God would use me who, has, who is flawed. God would get more glory at the fact that he used a normal person to operate through. And so we, we can't get caught up in the fact that God is using us. Can I tell you there was a time where, man, I went through a season where God was healing everybody that I prayed for. And I had somebody ask, I had somebody reprimand me and say, you're doing it for affirmation. You're doing it. And, and I got scared and I quit because I was scared I was going to do something wrong. Who was wrong? I was just as wrong as that person that stopped me. Because here's what I've done. I'm committing the, the, the most unforgivable sin by quenching the Holy Spirit. Now I'm scared to mess up, so I'm scared to do what God's asked me to do. We have people in churches that are scared to do it wrong. But guess what, baby? You can't do it anyway. How are you going to do it wrong? It's not you doing it. I wish I would have been mature enough at that time to look that person in the eye and say, look, I'm going to keep praying for people, and if God heals them, that's on God because I don't have any power. And I don't, I, don't, I don't deserve to be used in the first place. It's not about my prayer life that people are getting healed. It's not about my faith. We've been teaching, well, it's about your faith you get people. No. No, 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 no. Because then you're putting works on God's miraculous power. And we got a whole generation of the church that thinks they can earn being used of God. You cannot earn it. If you could earn it, it would not be a gift. Read that last verse again. He decides who gets what and when. Uh, I got so far off of my notes. Uh, I have something inserted in here, but I feel like I've already ruffled your feathers here. I'm not sure if I'd say it or not, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I've been in services where a, where a corporate prophecy goes out. Okay, let me, let me just go a little deeper in it. I've been, in, I've been in, in, in services where a corporate prophecy goes out in tongues on this side of the church. Some of you have never experienced that. At whatever time, somebody just starts speaking in tongues really, really loud. And then it's all you can hear. Everybody kind of 
the worship team kind of stops, goes down a little bit, okay, somebody over here stands up and starts saying something, and you're like, I have no idea what is happening. This person just freaked me out, and this person is saying something that I can actually understand, but I don't know what's happening. Okay, so that is, that is a prophecy in tongues, and that is the interpretation of that prophecy in tongues. But I've been in services where that happens, and then somebody in the back stands up and prophesies. I'm going, now I'm really confused. Is now God has given a message in tongues, he's interpreted a message in tongues, and now we've got another person prophesying. What is happening? Because we've never been, able, been taught how to control the spirit. We've never been taught how to operate in the gifts of the spirit. When in reality, that third person was probably just given the confirmation that that message was from God. They were never supposed to stand up and speak. But because we don't teach how to operate in these gifts, we don't know. So if I've got a word, I'm going to say it. And can I say something? The, the spirit of God gets blamed for a lot of kooky stuff that shouldn't happen. Because in the name of the spirit, we can get crazy, right? And just blame it on the spirit. I'm just saying, why would God send a comforter and then cause chaos? Why would God, okay, the, 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 Bible, the, the Bible says in Genesis 1 that the earth was, was, was void. That word means chaos. The word was in chaos. What did, what did the Spirit of God do? He established the kingdom of God, and he brought order. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of order. If you're going crazy and freaking people out, it's just, a, it's just an indication that you've never been taught how to control the emotions of when the Spirit of God moves on you. That's emotion. That's emotion. If, you're, if, if it freaks somebody out, why would the Spirit of God have you do that? This is messing some church people up. Because we've taught that we can get happy in the Holy Ghost. And I've had my friends at church on youth night, on Wednesday night, and them get freaked out and never come back. Is that really what God wants? He said, well, I'm just gonna do what the Holy Ghost tells me to do. You wanna do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do? Do something that establishes the kingdom of God in somebody else. Go prophesy to them. Go, go pray for them. Go do whatever you feel led to do. But I don't read when, when the Spirit of God moves on people that that's what happens. I was not, I got to get off this. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is, not a comfort, is, is a comforter, not a freaker outer. We blame the Holy Spirit for actions that he had nothing to do with. Meanwhile, we got visitors who God has sent here that leave the door just as, just as scared. Like now, they're not going to go back to another church because church, church people are crazy, right? Bottom line, if it brings more confusion than deliverance, it's probably not the Holy Spirit, it's you. In the King James, this, this, this verse that I just, that I just uh, quoted says, the gifts are to profit with all. The gifts of the Spirit in operation should profit everybody in this house. Oh, man, I, I got to skip all this. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to disrupt you guys today. The Holy Spirit gives, gifts, gives the gifts that will be most effective at the moment to the ones that will be most obedient to do what needs to be done. Not to the person who's been in church longer. Not to the person who prays in tongues better. 
not to the person who even prayed the most. He, will get, he decides who and when. And not the same gift in the same order every time. That's how we get messed up about tongues. I cannot find in scripture where it tells me that the only evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. And that's going to mess with you because you've been taught the whole time that that's the evidence. That was the evidence for me. But I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that have had an encounter with God. And they go, man, I felt this. The same feelings that I had, they had. But they didn't speak in tongues. But now I see them, I see the fruit of the Spirit in operation in their life. I see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in their life. But they've never spoken in tongues, so that messes with my theology. And he said, no, no, no. I decide who gets what and when. Tongues is important. We're going to get into the importance of tongues. But just because it happened first, we try to put this invisible thing on Scripture that says the law of first mention. And we go, well, because it happened that way first, can I tell you, let's just, I can't, I can't, I got to get into that when I get to tongues. Just because it's what happened first for the disciples, that's not how it happens every time for everyone the first time. When in reality, the reason it happened the way it did was the fact that that was the most effective way to reach the diverse crowd that was present at that moment. Do you understand? You have to understand the culture of what was happening. There were people of all different languages there. So how do I get the gospel message to as many people as I can in that moment? I give you a language that you don't even know. And they hear it in their native language. How amazing is that? But we have taken that and saying that's how it's got to happen now when God said, no, 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 I decide who needs what when. But because we go back to, and so, so we, we talk about how, the, the, how tongues is the, the initial evidence that we're full of the Holy Ghost, right? And so then we take back, and then we come back, and we can't even explain why there's a gift of tongues. Because it doesn't matter, it doesn't, if you really think about it, it doesn't match our theology. When tongues is a gift, and everybody's supposed to speak in tongues, but you only get a certain gift, it doesn't even match up. It's wrong, it's bad theology. We'll get into what the, the, the I wanna say this tongues is very important. And you, you should seek to operate in that gift. It's very powerful, has a purpose in your relationship with God and your assignment to the kingdom of God. I'm not, I'm not discrediting tongues. I think we've just taught it wrong. I think, we, I think we've just, we've, we've gotten off somewhere, okay? Because, because what we've done, like I said, we're teaching through our experiences. And so, yes, you know why I received the Holy Spirit by evidence of speaking in tongues? Because that was the only option I had. And God needed me to know that I was empowered with the Holy Ghost because I had an assignment on my life, and that was the only way it was offered. Okay, I got to get back to where I'm going. First Corinthians 12 says, I want to talk to you. What I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's, God's spirit gets work into our lives. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, work it. <laughs> Don't say it like 
like, uh, what was that movie? Work? Uh, I'm sorry. Was that, was that Pretty Woman? That was, that was a bad movie. It's not a Christian movie. You guys shouldn't, shouldn't know that reference. Uh, number one, words of wisdom. This gift isn't talked about as much like a healing or a prophecy gift. If you, have you ever been around that person that just gives really sound advice? Really, like, like they say stuff that's just wise, like, wow, I never thought of it like that. Or, wow, that is great advice. Can I tell you, I've been in counseling and said something to somebody and go, man, that's really good. And I go, man, I need to go back. I'm writing that down. They're like, why are you writing that down? Because I need to take that advice. That was not me. I didn't know that because I don't do that in my own life. That's a word of wisdom. That's, that's somebody who's led by the Spirit to speak words of wisdom. Okay? Uh, just somebody that, that gives amazing counsel. You, think, you see that person, you say, man, that person is wise beyond their years. That's what we say, right? That person's so wise. Man, they, they make great decisions. Somebody told me during pandemic, said, you are making great leadership decisions during COVID. And I said, well, it's kind of, it's really dummy proof. I just let God lead me. Takes me out of the equation. It's, it's, we're in a lot better hands if we just be led by God. Amen? That person may be operating in the, in the gift, in, in that gift, word of wisdom. Words of wisdom come from the source of wisdom who is the Holy Spirit who knows all things. Come on, I would, you want to hear what the wisdom of God in a situation because he knows the beginning from the end. You don't want to hear what I got to say because I'm going to filter this stuff through my experience. What do I do when somebody makes a bad comment to my wife? You slap them upside the face. That's what I would say. It's pretty cut and dry. Just slap, the, slap that spirit out of them. The Bible says you can drag some of them out of the fire by the oh, season. But somebody who, who will be led by the spirit in a moment, can I tell you, if, you're giving, if somebody calls you for counsel, do not give them counsel due to your experiences. You say, you know what? If God is not saying something in the moment, say, I'm going to pray, and I'm going I'm to ask God what we should do about this. I'm going to pray with you. Don't ever speak on behalf of God for something God didn't say. Woo, church, we get in a trouble right here. Because something that we think is a good idea, we tell somebody in the name of God, you have to realize that as a Christian, people are coming to you when they have issues, and they're coming to you because, as a representative of God, not because they like you. They're coming to you for counsel. You are not a counselor. I am not a counselor. Somebody may be a counselor. Somebody may be a licensed counselor, but the greatest counsel comes to the one who knows the beginning from the end. Words of wisdom. Number two, words of knowledge. A word of knowledge would be the Holy Spirit revealing unto you a need that a person is struggling with that, they, that neither they nor anyone else has told you about. I'll give you an example. Uh, last night, I was with family for my grandmother's birthday, and uh, a family member came up to me and was talking about the church. How's you know been hearing good things, and we're we're just talking about church, and and uh, and they they actually asked me about Lael, and they said, oh, man, he's doing good, and and he said, well, you know, he said, you know, he he uh, I was mowing, he mows yards, and he said I was mowing, 
And I saw Lel pass by, and we waved at one another, and I didn't think nothing about it. I get back down. I'm, he's running a backpack blower, and he's, he's working. He said, I look up, and Lel's coming around the block, and he's right back in front of me. And he said, man, God told me that I was supposed to come back around the block and pray for your shoulder. Lel knows who I'm talking about now. He said, God told me that you're, you, I was supposed to come back around. He said, are you having a shoulder problem? And he's like, yes, I'm having a shoulder problem. And he said, well, can I pray for you? He said, what are you waiting on? Get over here and pray for me. Lel hadn't seen that guy in a long time, but, God, but as, when God seen him, he quickened in his spirit and he said, you need to pray for that guy's shoulder. That is a word of knowledge. I know something that has been revealed to me in the spirit that nobody else knows. And I tell you, words of knowledge intertwine with the gift of prophecy sometimes. You know, I, I, I remember prophesying to somebody in our Wednesday night groups about this, about this Jeep going up this hill, and it was this big, it was this big, you know, I mean, there was this big long prophecy about how the road's bumpy, but when you get to this place, and it was it was a beautiful prophecy. And I asked her afterwards, because I'm just that guy, because I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a Jeep. And I'm like, did that even make sense? Like it was cool, but did that make sense? And she said, you have no idea. This was her first time coming here. And she said, you have no idea. Me and my boyfriend have rock crawlers. And that's what we do as a hobby. I did not know that. That's a word of knowledge. When something's revealed to you by the Spirit that you did not know. Uh, so I, I want to say something here that also debunks. I, 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 and I'm not arguing anything we've been taught. I'm just trying to... God has challenged me to correct my theology. You know why I don't like teaching stuff? Because it, it messes with what I believe. And so if he's, if, if he's challenging what I believe, my job is to challenge you right back about what you believe, whether you're online or in the house this morning. And so if we only get one gift and God gives Lael a word of knowledge for someone, he's supposed to pray for this man's shoulder or, or that this man's shoulder is hurting. If Lael only had one gift, he would have to come get Jason, who has the gift of healing, and run him over here to this person that God told me about and say, well, okay, now I had the word of knowledge, and so now I have to have a whole pack of people in case I run into somebody who needs a word from God or needs healed. That's not how it works. The gifts of God are, work in unison with one another, and you have access to whichever one you need in that moment. To open the door, we needed a word of knowledge. But to get the guy through the door, we needed the, the gift of healing. Just more theology that don't make sense. I believed it that way. That's why I told Leo, I said, I hate this series. <laughs> he said, What? You're doing a good job. I said, I hate this series because it's, it's challenged everything I believe. <laughs> like, I just want to preach and make you laugh and pray for you in the altar, right? God said, no, no, no. I'm leading this church to a place of demonstration. You can't demonstrate until you understand how it works. Amen? Uh, so God shows you the things that he's going to use you to fix. Words, words of knowledge. He shows you the thing. He didn't, he didn't tell you that person had shoulder problem just so you knew he had a shoulder problem. He didn't tell you that that person was struggling with addiction today just so you knew they were addicted. Just so you could gossip about them. That don't sound like the Holy Ghost, does it? 
revealing things unto you because he's called you to be the solution. He's not going to tell me to preach about something just because I know that scripture. He tells me to preach about it. You know why sometimes you see, like it happened to me like, five, I don't know, five, four or five weeks ago, five or six weeks ago, where I get here, I have studied until 2 o'clock in the morning, and I've gotten this sermon from God. You can get it from me. I got it from the scripture. It was revealed revelation through scripture. And I get on the pulpit and God changes it. Why? Because God saw somebody walk, decide to walk in the church that needed a specific word. That's why we always got to be, if we're going to operate as children of God, we always got to be led by the spirit of God. So it does not matter what I know. It only matters what God needs me to fix. We are not just preaching for the, for the sake of preaching, we are establishing the kingdom of God on earth. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Number three, the gift of faith. This is what we would call supernatural faith, the supernaturally, supernatural ability to just have faith or to believe for the biggest things with absolutely no doubt. You ever, you ever, you ever had that person that's just, it's like annoying? For real, like, like, Dude, I'm struggling, and you're like, well, praise God. God's going to, you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. God's just going to work this thing out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And praise the Lord. I'm like, I want to slap you in the face right now because you're being all spiritual, and I'm struggling. It's not that they're being all spiritual. They just have, they're, they're just, they just have this supernatural faith about them. They just, they, they just, they can just believe God about the craziest stuff. I've told you guys that story about praying for somebody and freaking myself out that I thought this guy had had his leg amputated. I thought there was a new foot about to grow on this dude's leg. I was like, whoa! Why? Because it's that supernatural faith. Because as you see blind people healed, and as you see cancer go away and lupus go away and your loved ones, and as you see God begin to operate, you begin to, your faith begins to get built, and in your spirit, starts to, you start to operate in the supernatural level of faith where you go, literally nothing is impossible. That's where we go, where, where we try to put, to, to wrap our mind around it when Jesus says, I... I say that if you, if you believe in your heart and do not doubt, you can say to a physical mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. And we, trying to wrap our, our carnal minds around the scripture, go, well, he's talking about an obstacle in your life. It's type and shadow. He's saying, no, no, no. Because I'm the one that put the mountain there, by speaking the, the authority, I've also given you the authority. If you say to that mountain, and you truly believe, don't even need a bulldozer, baby. Just tell it, get out of my way. You're in my way. That's the path I'm taking. Go. Speaking to storms. I talked about this Wednesday night. Like, I've stood in my yard and said, this tornado is not coming on this property right here. We live in Tornado Alley. I'm standing outside the cellar because I'm still a little bit afraid, right? I got one foot in the cellar. You get out of here in Jesus' name, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Super, the gift of supernatural faith is that person that's in the middle of an un unthinkable situation just believing God, just going, man. 
been in this situation for 12 years, but I'm just going to believe God. I'm still believing God. It's incredible to watch. You watch people that, that the world has stripped everything away from them. They have nothing left, and they're praising God. You go, man, I wouldn't be praising God if I was you. Because in my carnal mind, it does not make sense. Why would you still have faith in God? In my mind, God has failed you. I don't know, because I'm operating the Spirit. And the Spirit has gave me supernatural faith, and I believe something's going to happen. Can I tell you, when I prayed for my friend's boy the other night, I went in there and told my wife, I said, hey, this is happening. I'm gonna, I'm, we need to pray for him. And I felt the presence of God in my, in, my, in my kitchen while I was doing dishes. I felt the presence of God, and I knew everything was going to be okay. I sent the word. I, I, type, I typed out the. I typed out the the very prayer that I that I and I, I established. I sent the word, and I told him this, and I told him this, and I laid it on the principles of the word of God. And then can I tell you, I didn't even think about it no more. I wasn't worried about it no more. It wasn't because it was not my child in the hospital. It was the fact that I just had faith that I knew that God moved. I felt God move in that situation. So I ain't got to worry about it no more. Can I tell you, you're tormented in your mind because you're not, you're being led by the voices of the world and the voices of doctors that tell you this is impossible instead of the voice of God that says, for those who believe, nothing is impossible for those who believe. Nothing. He didn't say nothing within the realm of your imagination. He said nothing is impossible for those who, you, who believe. But you will never, you'll never tap into that until you tap into the spirit of God. Because that's the gift of supernatural faith that is made available to you when you need it. Number four, healing the sick. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Explanatory? Is that, did I say that right? This is the gift of the Spirit where you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. I'm going to couple that with miracles, the next one. And I'm going to tell you the difference between the two. Number five, the gift of miracles. You say, well, isn't that kind of the same as the last one? No, it's not. We have coupled those in, and we've made it all healing. When really, healing does not always take place immediately. A miracle takes place instantaneously. When healing, sometimes that's why when you see, when you see Jesus himself pray for ten lepers, the Bible says as they went, the process of them believing as they went, they received healing. Two different gifts. Sometimes you see Jesus... Just heal somebody. You see, you see a leper reach out his hand, and as he reaches out his hand, instantly he's healed. Sometimes he spits and puts some nasty mud in somebody's eye, and, and, and as he washes in the pool of Siloam, it's a healing. Two different, two different things. We, we group those together, and then that's where we get messed up when we say, okay, we're praying for the sick and we're, we're, we're demanding of the devil. We're, we're doing these things. Sometimes God doesn't want a miracle. Sometimes God wants a healing. Why? Because sometimes God is breadcrumbing these people along to a belief. It is not up to you which one. I read you the scripture. It says, I choose when and how. What is your job? To be led by the spirit and pray for that person. The results are not your job. You cannot create results. I cannot create results. So I'm just led by the Spirit of God, and I'm going to operate. I don't even know what, what gift is about to operate sometimes. Might be two or three. I might prophesy and pray for healing. 
I might see a prophecy and a miracle. So then when I, when I come back to my theology and go, wait, I only get one gift, which one? Which one is my gift? And we see all these people, we've seen it for, for years and years and years and years and years, people searching for, God, I don't know what my gift is. We've messed churches up. We've messed the whole order of, of the Spirit of God up, the whole kingdom up, because we're like, oh, well, he's a prophet. Well, yeah, but what if, what if God sends him to a third world country and somebody needs healing? What if that's the, the most effective gift at the moment? Then guess what's going to happen? The same spirit that, that allows him to prophesy while also going to allow him to heal the sick because it's the gifts of the spirit, not of the man. So the difference between healing and miracles is the time span, whether it happens in a short time or a long time. Uh, number six, the gift of prophecy. I love what the message translation called this, proclamation. Put that back up there for me, please, Mark. He called prophecy proclamation. I think it's great because what is prophecy? We've messed up the, we, did, we, we all know this. At least my Wednesday night crowd does because we went through a whole school of prophecy on Wednesday nights. And we reset the definition of prophecy, right? We talked about who can operate in it, at what levels you can operate in it. All this stuff applies, right? But we talked about what is the definition of prophecy. See, when Matt Helen started, when I, I went to, through the school of prophecy as a skeptic. Because I'm like, oh, no, I wasn't taught that everybody could prophesy. I'm coming in here, I'm trying to see, I'm going to check you. And I told him that. I said, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm here in observation. I told Leo, I said, that first group, we're going to get some mature people and go through that. People that ain't going to be rocked, that, are, that, will, that will be willing to learn, that are, that are mature enough to be challenged. We're going to go through this. But I want, to, I want to have a discussion group separate than that so we can discuss this. I'm open to new teaching. I'm teachable. I don't know everything. But if it doesn't match up with Scripture, i got to be mature enough to throw it out. Come on. That's why you can't take any of this as my opinion. Go home and read your Bible. Get it the same way I got it. You say, well, that's your job. Nope, it's not. My job is this is a training center. I'm here to train you how to operate in these things, but until we teach it, you won't know how to operate in it because you won't understand it. The gift of proclamation. When we, when we went uh, through School of Prophecy, we redefined uh, what prophecy means. It's proclaiming the heart of people to God's people, or the heart of God to God's people. Something that tells of the present, past, or future events, sometimes. Preaching is a form of prophecy. Why? Because I'm proclaiming the heart of the Father. You know, because uh, our, church, our church is blessed to have set under somebody who operates in a high level of prophecy, so then we had, we had that level of, of, of Pastor Wesley, man, he, he was amazing. Amazing some of, the, some of the stuff he would say to people. But because that was our experience, that was our definition of prophecy. He operates at the highest level of prophecy. So thankful for, to have set under him for all those years. So when you, when you come to this church and you say, I'm going to prophesy to you, 
Jeremiah 29, 11, God says he has a plan for you, a hope and a future. You go, that ain't no prophecy. But if you're proclaiming the heart of God, that's a prophecy. It may not be at the level you're used to, but that's prophecy. So I love how the message translation said this. The gift of proclaiming. Proclaiming what? The good news. Proclaiming the, the heart of the Father towards people. That's the gift of prophecy. Number seven, the discerning of spirits. Now we flip-flop this one a lot of times, or as my kids say, swip swap. We swip swap this one, and we say, we have the gift of discernment. No, it's not, that's not, that's no, no such thing. The discerning of what spirit people are of. You ever had that, uh, what we call our gut feeling, that someone was up to no good? Like, I just, man, just something don't feel right. They ain't even done nothing wrong. You're just like, hmm, there's just something not right about this situation. Like, what he's saying is right, but I just, hmm. He may even have a good track record, but just something in my gut. That's not your gut. That's the Spirit of God checking you going, hey, hey, hey. That person's not of the right spirit. He don't, they don't have the right intentions. Come on. So discerning the intentions now displays what spirit they are because if they're not of God, who they of? They ain't but two teams, baby. We're either of God or we're led by other spirits. We're either led by the spirit of God or driven by the, by the spirit of the devil. And he'll make it sound really good. And so, and, and I'm going to tell you, don't condemn people because some, some people don't know the difference. They may not have good, uh, bad intentions in their mind, but they're led to do something that's, that was not, they were not led to do by God. Can I tell you, I, this is going to be hard. Are you guys okay? Are we still good? Everybody smile at me. Okay. That's why people come to me all the time and tell me that they want to hold a position, and I go, Why? Because the, the, the most dangerous thing I could do is put you in a position that God did not call you to. And your heart is not bad, but you want it for the wrong reason. You just want to be used so bad that you're just taking every single opportunity. I usually have a red flag when, when one person signs up for every single thing. You know, Wait a minute, what is God leading you to do? Because God is not leading you to six positions in the church. Discerning of what spirit people are of. That's not necessarily, I kind of went a different direction with that, but, but discerning of, the, of what spirit people are of. What are, what are their intentions? What are that, that gut check? That, that's a gift. That's a gift. You ever, you ever had that gut check about somebody so you kind of disconnect, and then six months later you're like, whew. <laughs> All you single people in the back say amen. <laughs> Come on, you're like, man, she is beautiful, and she loves me. And God's going, she bad for you. That's not who I got for you. You better know. And you, and you, and you for what, something happens, and y'all get disconnected, and later you're like, oh, my God, dodged a bullet right there. And you see her on the DOC record. You're like, whoo. <laughs> That's where that country song comes from. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer. <laughs> so you praying this lady fall in love with you. God's saying, no, 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 you don't want that one. That one needs some work, okay? 
Number eight, the gift of tongues. This is the one, one of the more complicated ones, and I believe simply because it's something that was intended for us not to understand. We have to understand. Uh, so, so, so when we're talking about tongues, you know why it's so hard to comprehend? Because it was a gift that was literally de- designed to go around your carnal mind and straight to God. When I speak in tongues, I have no idea what I'm saying. And it don't make sense. You know who has the hardest time uh, receiving the gift of tongues is intellectual people because they're trying to figure it out. And also people that have been taught that the Spirit of God is just going to overtake you and there's going to be this surge of like, and you're just all of a sudden going to start saying something. That's not how it works. God said, you speak in tongues as I give you utterance. In other words, I'm going to make your, 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 your guts vibrate and there's something happening. You don't really understand what's happening. Just open your mouth and start talking. And when you start talking, you not, don't try to make sense of it. Because then I've seen people start to talk in tongues and then just stop. Like, like get free. Like, I don't know. Like, what, I, now what do I do? Like, I can, no. Whatever God is doing in you, just release that thing. And so if we're really, in, I, you know why I, why I received it? Because I'm dumb. It's like, I don't know. We're like, whatever. <laughs> like I ain't trying to make sense of it. I don't make sense of it. Get, uh, tongues was not was not uh, intended for you to understand. Tongues is uh, tongues is probably one of the most powerful gifts we have as believers. It is the language of the Holy Spirit. You don't speak Holy Spirit. So what is happening when I speak in tongues? This is a language that bypasses our earthly minds. And scripture says that when you pray in tongues, you pray straight to God, spirit to spirit. So basically the Holy Spirit inside of you is talking to the other members of the Godhead. Come on. And so, look, they speak a different language than us. Even when Jesus came to earth, he was in the Middle East. He wouldn't, even if we spoke their language, we wouldn't know what it is. Not in the English language. This is a language that bypasses our earthly minds. And scripture says when you pray, when you pray in tongues, you pray the divine will of God. How amazing is that? You ever had that time where you're just like, you're going through something and you don't even know what to pray? Like, I don't even, what am I supposed to say to you guys? Like, you know everything, what am I going to say? What am I going to say to get you to move in my life? Like, I, I done quoted every scripture. I done quoted all five scriptures that I know. And... Ain't none of it working. And then I Google four more and, and quoted all of them and nothing's happening. I don't even know what to say at this point. Can I tell you the most powerful moments I've had in prayer have been me moaning like I was sick or having a baby. You're like, I don't even know what's happening right now. You leave there going, I have no idea what happened, but I feel rejuvenated in my spirit. I might have birthed something in there. I don't even know. Because why? Because the Spirit of God knows what is in your future. He knows what's in your past, and that don't bother him. Come on. He knows what's in your future. So when you're praying the will of God, you're praying, you're praying stuff that you wouldn't pray for yourself. Because we're saying, oh, God, I want to preach. And God's saying, you pray in tongues. You, pray, you, you was praying that you was going to be a missionary didn't even know it. Like, no, 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 no. I don't like food in other countries. 
Like, what are you doing? Because God's trying to get you to a place of your fulfillment of your assignment, and he's got to get your dumb head out the way. I don't even know what to pray. I just, get, I just pray in tongues, and I know, look, it's taken care of. You know why? Because it didn't have nothing to do with me. The time that you are the most powerful is when you remove yourself out of the equation. That's why tongues is so powerful. You should seek that gift. The Bible says that you can seek gifts. And the Bible also says that a gift is it's a free gift. And the Bible also says that he's no respecter of persons. What he gave me, he'll give you. Don't seek understanding of this gift because you will not find it. To seek the gift. Say, God, I want to I I have my own prayer language. Have you ever noticed that nobody prays in tongues the same? Isn't that amazing? Just as you look unique, nobody's prayer language is, is, is the same. And then we have another aspect of tongues that we talked about earlier when somebody gives prophecy in tongue. And then, so then that leads us into the, into the other gift. Let me, let me make sure I say everything that God gave me last night for, for tongues. It is essentially the language of the Spirit of God. The Word says in another place is, if you want to build yourself up in the most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Pray in the language of the Spirit. So when I, my faith is struggling, when I ain't got performance to bring to God and go, God, I've been, I did this and this and this, I want because that's how we do God, right? In our prayer life, we're asking for stuff. When God prays, he's, he's, he's activating stuff. Come on. Because we're, we're praying in the, in the confines of how we understand God. And God is saying, no, 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 I need you to pray outside of your mind and spirit to spirit. So it says, build yourself, yourself up in the most holy of faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So if, you ain't, if you're struggling and you need that faith, what's going to build that faith? Praying in the language of the Spirit of God. That's why it's, you should, I, I, know, I know that because, uh, because I feel like tongues have been taught wrong, that sometimes we're like, that's not the only thing, but this is something that you should, you should seek, maybe above all else. It's maybe one of the biggest, the, the greatest gifts that we have, being able to pray to the Father and outside of our own mind, spirit to spirit. So you need to seek that. It's powerful. There's a place for it. I just don't believe it's the only thing. Come on, if it was the only thing, there'd be one gift. We wouldn't have a sermon today. We'd just say, pray in the Holy Ghost. That's it. Okay, so essentially, so it's essential to my personal faith, but also essential when I don't know what to say or what to pray, I can simply pray in tongues and I'm praying the will of God. So then also we have giving a message in tongues. It's like a prophecy. And in my experience, given corporately and then interpreted by another person, which leads us to the number nine, interpretation of tongues where someone gives a message in tongues and then a different person interprets it in our own, so in our case, in English. So this person gets up on this side, we just talked about it, speaks in tongues really loudly and, you, and all of us that don't understand what's going on are like, okay, I, was, I don't know what she said, but okay. But then this person gets up and tells us what she said. How amazing is that? How does that happen? Because the same spirit that dwells in her dwells in this person. Come on, they're all by the same spirit. 
different applications. When, when, so, so all these gifts, I want to I kind of end with this. If I could get the worship team to head back up here, I'm going to end in just a second. It's 1223. I, was, I thought I was going fast through this. I never go fast, do I? <laughs> I'm working on it. Okay. Next week, my wife said I had to be done by 1230 for the fall festival. Okay. So I'm prophesying that I'll be done by 1215. That way, I'll actually be done by 1230. But, he, but just, as, just, as, just as tongues in each person does not sound the same, all by the same spirit, we, we all operate in it differently. That's why when you hear me preach, I don't preach like Pastor Wesley used to. It's not me. When you hear Lael prophesy, he doesn't prophesy like I prophesy. When you, hear, when you hear this person do this, whatever gift they're operating in, they're all, we all have different applications because they're all, the Spirit of God is unique in all of us. I like what Pastor Wesley used to say. He used to say, when we get drunk in the Spirit, everybody acts a little bit different when they're drunk. I've never been drunk, praise the Lord. One time, I'm sorry for lying. Um, but, the, but the Spirit of God manifests in you, so don't try to do it like I do it. Don't try to operate in the, he's going to be unique in you. Can I tell you? You got to start playing so they'll believe me. Um, <laughs> can I tell you, I remember, you know why this subject is so it's so nerve-wracking to me. I remember, um, and I'll try to tell this without crying. I remember my, I remember a camp meeting here at this church and a guest speaker came in and after that, I don't think we invited him back, but he had a, he had an altar call for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I wasn't very old. I was probably 13, 14 years old. Probably one of the only times I remember dad being being in a in an altar with me but I, I responded to the altar call because man he portrayed the baptism of the holy ghost as the greatest thing and i believe it's the greatest thing in the world we're going to talk about the baptism of the holy ghost and we're going we're going to have we're going to have that type of service next week come ready pray fast be ready to receive whatever you need from god amen when he came down we came down to the altar service and i was standing right there and he started the altar call on this side I'm not going to say his name because that's not what this is about. But when he got down to me and my dad, when it didn't happen like he thought it should happen, he prayed a while, and then he told us to keep praying, and he went back down to this side. He came to us about three or four times. And finally, he said, repeat after me. So we started repeating after him. I had no idea what he's saying. He's saying something weird. We're just trying to, best we can, say what. And though I understand the concept of he's trying to get us to speak, I get that. Because of his lack of interpretation of Scripture, he had one chance. He had one chance to get my dad filled with the Holy Ghost right here never seen my dad in another Holy Ghost altar call. Not to say he won't be in one, not to say he don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm just saying. So 
How many of these people we minister to? We got one shot. I don't know how my life or my dad's life would have been different if there was a little better interpretation. But as I got into church and as I started to experience these things, I started thinking, man, what? How amazing would it have been if my dad would have got filled with the Holy Ghost that night and we would have went on this journey together. We don't have the liberty to put our own interpretation on the Spirit of God. tried to get us to speak in tongues like he did. I didn't know no better. And as soon as we said something, he's, he hollered all over because it's revival, right? And maybe a little bit while I'm kind of salty about revival. Somebody called me to preach a revival the other day. I said, I've seen too many of revivals in a church manufactured. And as soon as we mumbled anything, he hollered across the microphone, this father and son just got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And can I tell you, nothing happened. I later had to strive to forgive that guy. So I don't think he did it out of, I don't think he did it out of any ill intention tell you don't ever when we're ministering don't ever try to explain why God does or doesn't you look at this scripture and say God decides when and how if it's tongues praise God if it's fruits of the spirit praise God if it's prophecy praise God but I'm not going to sit here and try to put my understanding on what God is doing because we damage people that's probably why I hate this series so much I don't hate it, but you know what I mean. It's nerve-wracking to me because there's things that I don't understand. And I get nervous because I don't take this thing lightly. I don't want to sit up here and tell you my opinion. And I don't want to be the guy that has to debunk all the stuff that we learned wrong. All I'm telling you is what God is showing me in this season. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 in the New Living Translation said, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help one another. That's got to be the heart of it. Not so we can claim that something happened at our revival service. Not the, so we can claim that our church is on fire for God. It's got to be about helping each other. They sing the song at the start of the service. So people will know his love. Stand to your feet this morning. The gifts are manifest in us through the Holy Spirit, not to help ourselves, but rather to help one another. If we as Christians give wise counsel, it's by the Spirit. We give words of knowledge by the Spirit, display great faith by the Spirit, heal the sick by the Spirit, operate in miracles by the Spirit, prophesy by the Spirit, discern spirits by the Spirit, speak in tongues by the Spirit, and interpret tongues by the Spirit. 
by the Spirit. And what does it do? It reveals the kingdom of God to the world. The assignment of the Spirit of God, of the Holy Spirit, has never changed to establish the kingdom of God in people. These gifts are made available to you to operate in. We're going to talk about that next week. Don't miss next week. But I can't leave here this morning without giving an opportunity. And you say, well, if you operate in healing, I need healing. You operate in words of knowledge, I need word of, a word of knowledge. I need a word of wisdom. I need a prophecy this morning. If you need anything from God, I'm telling you, the spirit of the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in me and many of these people in here. And if you need anything today, I believe that God puts you in this place, not just so you can learn about the Holy Spirit, but so that you can experience Him, so that the kingdom of God can be established in your life. So you can understand the love of God. Dim those lights down, Jared. Just turn them, turn them all off. Keep the cameras rolling for online. If you're online and you need prayer for anything, you need a word from God in this season. You don't know where to turn. You need wise counsel. Reach out to us. We have people that are willing to pray with you, willing to give you a word. But if you're in the house this morning and you need anything in your life, would you come and let us pray with you? Would you come and let us lay hands on you? If you need healing, I believe the healer is here. If you need a word from God, I believe that the spirit of prophecy is in operation in this house. If you need anything, I'm giving you an opportunity. I refuse to go. I refuse to go a service and not give an opportunity. If you don't need anything, well, praise God. Romans 14, 7 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're tormented in your mind, your spirit's at unease, come anybody need anything as the worship team sings we're going to give you just a moment through this song to come and respond to God and say God I just need you